reporting live from the Liberty Nation studios, this is 10 Minutes with Mason, a podcast recorded live with live guests where each guest is given 10 minutes to discuss the topic with your host, Mason Bats. Hello everyone, and I'm your host, Mason Bats, and welcome to another episode of 10 Minutes with Mason. Today's topic is Atheism versus Christianity, in which best describes the origins of the universe. We have some great callers today, uh, some agnostics, some Christians, some atheists. Thank you everyone for tuning in, and this will be a great episode. I'll go ahead and I will take our first caller, Matt. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hey, Matt, congratulations on being our first caller today. Thanks. Uh, so, so um, there's so much uh, uh, about the physical aspect in the Bible that talks about the universe itself, which uh, goes against most scientific claims about what's around us, basically. Uh, which ones? Um, like the 300 parts about the firmament and, uh, that the earth doesn't move and the sun was stopped at one point for somebody. I don't remember who it was. Well, it just depends on which part of the Bible you're reading. The, if you read the Bible all as historical narrative, that is, uh, not what it was intended for. There are different parts of the Bible, which are intended to be read in different ways. But before we start, I will ask you, uh, which side of the debate do you fall on? Are you Christian, atheist, agnostic, other religion? Christian. Oh, you are Christian. Okay. Uh, so you do believe that Christianity is the best explanation for the universe around us? Yep. Okay. Uh, and how did you come to that conclusion? Um, a lot of different reasons. Uh, and it, I actually had to experience that uh, I didn't understand when it first happened. Um, I had a near-death experience when I was 15. And uh, um, I went to this, like, ocean, like this dark water ocean. And that's what I called it one, like a couple weeks after I got out of the anesthesia uh, because it was like, it was an operation. Um, in that dark water, I was trying to swim to the surface and there's a light above me. And then um, I couldn't get in any further from this. It was like a horrible place. It was like, um, it wasn't comfortable, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and the angel dove into water, lifted me into the light, and then took me up and up. And then I hit an, a barrier, which was like invisible, and uh, at the top, and then I woke up. So like, then I started reading about the firmament. Actually, there's three firmaments, but there's like an actual physical firmament. And um, all these Freemasons, Satanists, like, um they don't want people to know that this creation was made by god so that's why they created um all this about i, I don't know what you I, you probably i'm not sure if you believe in space or planets and things like that but um i've, I've done Wait, so, so what did what, you say uh can you cut out what, what was that again can you repeat that oh uh there um i i don't believe in space or planets i believe that the bible is clear that that the earth doesn't move and uh it actually talks about how the sun and the moon have their own light 
um and that's not just like a metaphor or like whatever like there's certain things that it sounds like very simple words and they're like oh that's just the bible saying that but like it actually has uh a better grasp on the reality of what's around us than the science that the supposed science that talks against of of what it says it doesn't say anything about mm-hmm. um what it, what the you know NASA is all about because like, like like I was saying they're Freemasons they're literally satanic people who want um, to deceive uh, and that's actually what NASA means if you don't have an acronym you just have the word that's a Hebrew word and it means great deception or to to deceive greatly yeah um, I'm gonna um, stop you there uh, just so I can ask you another question uh, in my opinion and I and I don't want to attack other Christians that you are my brother in Christ. However, I do, would like to challenge a few of your beliefs. I would that you have what we would call in the apologetics field an incorrect view of faith and trained apologists knowledge goes up as knowledge of faith goes up. I can read all – most of my beliefs are grounded in science. The Bible is backed up by science in many ways, and it's the reason I believe that it's the best explanation for the universe. Now, I, I don't think it's a good okay, tactic you, to uh, throw away science for the sake of the Bible. Oh, no, but that's the thing. The, you know, it's uh, – the actual science is in the Bible, but, I mean uh... – I mean, the 300 different uh, parts in the Bible, or two or two or 300 different uh, places in the Bible, it tells, like, for instance, the uh, earth was formed uh, like a signet ring, with a signet ring, and the earth is stretched, and the earth doesn't move, and the sun was stopped for, I'm, I'm not sure who, but, like, th- those aren't, like... I mean, did you have, do you have some uh, specific quotes? I mean, I'm not doubting that these could be in there, but uh, as far as... I don't believe that, uh, as you know, do you, you do know that the Bible was not originally written with verses, right? Right. Okay, so I I, I, str- I try to not just listen to one verse. I try to read the, at least the whole paragraph. So if you had right. some, um, you know, some quotes or, you know, the tell us where this is located, I would love to go read those. Um, I don't, I don't have them offhand, but, um, you can really look, you can, you can find all this, like it, it's a lot of work to find specifics like this. And of course, if my faith is not based on like proof and, 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 um, all the science and all that it's based on faith. But, um, when it comes to people, this, the reason why I think it's important is because, um, you can, people that don't even believe that God is real, uh, can find God with evidences, like actual physical evidences too. Like, you know, a, a little push. Some people don't believe that. They, they're like, you know, if it's all about faith, they got to go by faith and just alone. But like, if that was true, there wouldn't be like, uh, you know, the Bible's like chock full of, you know, history and examples and um, real stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But uh, like I said, I would, I would uh, if you were to uh, say you were trying to convert an atheist to Christianity, I don't know if that would be a uh, a great or the best method as far as uh, convincing them by just completely denouncing science as a whole. Um, 
Well, I wouldn't say denounce science as a whole. I would just say, like, uh, you know, to show that what, like, what, how this creation even is. Um, like, I wouldn't even think they would, the Bible would have that many verses talking about the firmament, which isn't a vague thing. Um, well, you do know that the was, Bible says the firmament uh, was destroyed after the flood. I didn't read that. Yeah, can you say it again? You cut out. I didn't read that. Uh, it's in the book of Genesis. Uh, the When it talks about the great flood of Noah's day, uh, most of the water came from the – well, not the water, sorry. Most of the water came from the ground. However, at the same time, the firmament was destroyed, and that's why no one can live past 120 now, whereas back then they could live to close to 1,000. Okay, the well, oxygen what, levels were so what low are you the the, radiation was coming through the ozone layer instead of through instead of getting stopped by the firmament. What is the firmament in your view? Well, the firmament, uh, I guess the best way to describe it would be sort of a canopy. Um, that holds uh, the water uh, above the uh, that sky? That, well, a little, you know, it could be water, could be some form of gas, but it is a canopy that blocked UV radiation and harsh uh, things from outer space in, uh, to getting into the Earth, which allowed uh, the oxygen levels to be far more concentrated on the Earth, something probably towards 75% oxygen, whereas today we're close to 25, 20% uh, oxygen well, levels. How is, the, how is the gases inside of the atmosphere contained? Currently? Like at all? Like right, like right now, like as we speak today? Yeah. That would be sure. the atmosphere. What is the atmosphere contained by? Well, the atmosphere, uh, well, what is it contained by? Yeah, it's pressurized. I mean, I, so. it, it's, it's pressurized. Uh, I'm not sure on the, I'm not uh, completely sure on the specifics, but it's, uh, so don't really quote me because I'm not an expert, but it's, uh, it's, ga it's based off of gases. I do know that. And then right. uh, gravi uh, gravity holds it in to a certain extent. Um, and then Gravity after that, I really don't know the, the details uh, as far as that because I'm not studied in that subject very much. So I'm comfortable in saying I, I really don't know. Okay, uh, I've got 30 seconds. Uh, can I come back in? Yeah, you can come back in. Sure. All right, we will bring up Matt once again. Uh, like I said, this is a Christianity versus atheism debate. However, uh, Matt is. Uh, a Christian, and he is current. We're currently uh, having a discussion uh, in a friendly manner. Yep. So, Matt, you have the floor yet again. Okay, so I see airplane behind you, right? Is you, are you a pilot? Uh, I am not a pilot. Okay. Um, so here's a, a really uh, not complicated way of, of describing what I'm talking about. Um, you have an airplane going, let's say, 500 miles an hour. Let's say the top speed's 500 miles an hour, and the Earth is turning 1,000 miles an hour to the east, and you're going due west. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to be going from that point, like on a bike, and I go forward, I would be using the Earth as you know friction to go somewhere, and I would go uh, with my speed from there to there. With an airplane, you're in still air that's not like, you know, it's like just free air. Like, so you're going 500 miles an hour and the earth is turning a thousand miles underneath you. It would be like, 
uh, treadmill going 10 miles an hour and you running on the treadmill five miles an hour, could you ever get to your like ahead of the um, device that you're on if you're only going half the speed? And where would you end up since it's turning underneath you? Would you be going straight into your destination like you would on the bike or would you be like way off course? Okay, can, can you just say that one more time? You don't have to say it so long, just so I make I think I know what you're saying, but I want you to just rephrase it so I know for sure. It's just like any objects like going underneath you. For This uh, would be like something spinning underneath you, but it's going 1,000 miles an hour. You're going 500 miles an hour, but you go like 500 miles straight you know, and, and go to your destination like you would on a bike. would make no sense if the Earth is spinning twice as fast as you plus you you wouldn't be in the same spot even if you're going north let's say and this the earth is spinning a thousand miles to the east then you wouldn't be going in a straight line at all because the earth would be going underneath you no matter what speed you're going uh have you but, ever ridden on a train before sure oh i've heard okay. this one i just heard if it you this stand in the, if you stand in the middle of the aisle and you jump the train is not going to pass by you you're going to land in the exact same spot. That's velocity. You are being acted on by the forces of the train as it moves along. So as you jump, you are still getting carried by the same in the same way that every day we turn with the earth at its speed. That's the thing, though. You're not just going up and down. You're you're the force is going uh, horizontally. You're going sideways. Uh, it, it's all really about speed, really, because you're not going any faster going uh over the earth while something's turning faster than you it's like the earth is Wait, spinning can, a thousand can you say that, can, like so it's, you're it's, saying that um, the earth is spinning a thousand were, miles per hour how how are you that is fly you so you're saying the only way uh that we fly is because the earth stays still and doesn't rotate exactly Okay, so if it did uh, rotate, you wouldn't even like it'd be a difference if you had a jetpack on the train and you're actually going though sideways. Uh, but you're going up and down is a different story. But like we're talking about the air where there's no frick, you know, basically no friction. You're just if you fall, you're just going to fall. But the, the airplane's going 500 miles an hour. The the earth under way underneath you is, is spinning uh, uh, supposedly twice as fast as you. So no matter what, you would well, never. Well, you're catch still up you're still it. in the Earth's atmosphere. Sure, but the the atmosphere versus, is not. Versus the satellite in space is not affected by that. It is, uh, you know, in our gravitational field, but it's in orbit, so it doesn't turn uh, at the same speed of the Earth. You need to go faster or slower, uh, depending on what the velocity of that satellite is yeah that, that's uh, what i'm saying the velocity is all we're talking about what plus we're saying is the airplane is still captured inside of the earth's sphere of influence what is what is the force that makes i mean it, even if it wasn't speed that we're talking about like there or even if you were in a balloon say you're going up there you're floating um you're still and, and the earth yet is spinning a thousand miles underneath you you would be literally you know, the earth would be, you'd be in a different spot every, every second that you're up there, but you're not. How is that? Because like I said, you're, you're not, you're still affected by the earth's movement. 
you're not you, okay i ask you this question that that way we're not getting stuck on this topic how, for though? too long but okay how does would you say that the sun revolves around the earth uh it, it circles the earth the bible says that it circles the earth oh you're gonna yeah what where above it no where where does it say that uh, i'm not sure but um, okay, well, you can't make a claim like that and not know where it says it. Okay. Because I mean that's an out, yeah, outlandish claim that, uh, like I said, it, it very it could say. I'm not saying it doesn't, but you have to know where it says it in order to point other people in the direction. But like I said, that goes against science because that the Earth does not have a strong enough gravitational field to be able to pull the sun around it, much less the entire solar system. That's a that's another thing. Um, I took a picture. I took seven pictures. There's so many uh, not true and lie thing, lies about the sun. The sun uh, is. I took pic seven pictures of the sun. Okay, outside my garage window, and uh, because I was looking up things, I was like, "Well, this is curious." Uh, there was clouds in the front, and like one, the sun was out by itself, and there was a bunch of clouds underneath it. And the other picture was the sun, you know, closer to the clouds and the sun was had the clouds in the front and the side of it. And then lo and behold, it was in, in behind it. And it, actually another picture, a few pictures, the, the sun was looked like it was enclosed by this by the clouds. And that's because the um, the lie is that, that there, the sun is gigantic and it's like. 93 million miles away, but actually it's it's in the atmosphere. The the Bible itself. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not I'm a, not gonna let you keep uh, spewing these things that you have no evidence. I was evidence gonna say, to, I was no say a support right. any of this. This is not a the show Bible, for conspiracy theories. We only okay. Deal this with is facts a, a verse. I'll tell you a verse about it though. Like the ver the verse I'm talking well, about. Do you know? Okay, before you rattle off this verse, you have to tell me where it is. Okay. You don't know where if you I don't mean, know where I, it is. I can look it up. Okay, well, you, you, we'll do that before you rattle off a verse and you know spewing things that could or could not be true, but it sounds outlandish. Like I said, we deal with facts here. We're not interested in conspiracy theories. And to me, that as it's far not, as I know, it's that's just not known. It's, it's well, it's it's a big deception. Given, you thing. haven't given any evidence. You have to give evidence. I'm well. I'm just starting from the Bible right now. But a lot, then you still haven't quoted any passages. You've said they're in there, but who knows? Okay, we've talked. We, this this is a second. I can look. I have the internet. I can look it up. Okay. Well, as soon as soon as you have it, and uh, uh what, what version of the Bible are you using? Just I'm uh, just curious. King James. Are you a, uh? Would you say that's the only version you should use? No. Okay. All right. Just making sure. I forgot what uh I was talking about. Do you remember? Uh, something about the, the sun being much smaller than it really is and, uh, the sun revolving around the earth and, uh, said there weren't any other planets. At one point he said, this is all backed up, uh, in the Bible. Uh, uh, so very interested to hear about that. The Bible calls the, um, them wandering stars. And it's it's curious how the stars, the, the okay, planets well, well, are. How, how does that mean that we're revolving around them? I didn't even say that they, they, they're, they're revolving around us. I would say it would make no sense to to see the uh, planets uh, always lit up if they were like 
if they were going around their sons, you'd see their son or something, or at least that you would see them disappear behind their son, but they're always lit up. What? This, the planets, they're always lit up. Uh, the back of them isn't. Well, then the, what, what we can see, they're always lit up. If they were going yeah, behind the star. We're, we're always seeing them from our point of view is the sun. Actually, the, the two planets uh, that are in front of us in the solar system, you can see the back of them dark. It's well documented that the back of our moon is dark. That's another problem. You haven't even talked about the moon. As uh, time well, runs it's out only here. been like three minutes since we started talking. There's lots to talk about. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not really interested in continuing this conversation until you have some evidence and facts to base these claims on before we spread lies on our show. So, if Matt wants to get back in line, he can. But uh, the first question I will ask him is he if he has any facts or if he wants to quote scripture. He better have all of the references in hand because, like I said, this is not a conspiracy theory show. This is a facts-based show, Um, and the topic of this debate is Christianity versus atheism, which explains the universe, which best explains the universe. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, if a Christian wants to get on here and talk about it, that's fine, but I would really like an atheist and – Someone who is going to challenge my beliefs with facts and not conspiracy theories. I, I don't mean to be demeaning to the last guest, but uh, this is the reason that Christians find themselves posted on videos on the internet of them looking stupid. And atheists go and they post these videos on their websites, and everyone points and laughs. Um, as Matt gets back in line, I'm going to give him at least a couple minutes to see if another guest wants to get on so he can also find his uh, facts while we're waiting. Uh, so, Matt, I'll give you about three minutes here. Um, to, if anyone else gets in, I'm going to let them go first because you've been on twice now. But if not, I will let you back on. And like I said, I'm going to ask you to first, before you even go into what they are, cite your evidence overall. And then if you cannot I'm sorry, but I will ask you to leave, and if you do not, I will have to kick you out because I'm not interested in uh, swaying anyone who may be on the fence about Christianity or may be interested in hearing your ideas, which aren't based in reality, science, or even the Bible uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But like I said… I'll start this off while everyone's waiting. We have about 25 people here now. Like I said, if any atheists or any other Christians other than Matt, while we're while I'm got Matt on a three-minute timer here to get ready or wait for another guest, uh, would like to join. We are welcome, or you are welcome too. Um, but I would just like to say um, that the reason Matt um, has an incorrect view, in my opinion, of faith and knowledge for those of you who have been listening live. Matt believes that as your faith goes up, knowledge should go down. And I uh, that is just not correct and not grounded in reality. Uh, in my opinion, the correct view of faith is as faith goes up, knowledge goes up. 
or as knowledge goes up, faith goes up. The more I understand knowledge, the more I understand science and uh, other types of methods and philosophy and so on and so forth, my faith only increases. And I'm not willing to, uh, it, it doesn't scare me to say, for one, I don't know. If I, if I don't know about a certain topic, I'm not an astrophysicist, so I don't know everything when it comes to that. However, I do have a certain understanding of these things, as I guess we will bring up Matt again. Um, so Matt is, um, like I said, this is his third time being on the show today. Matt, welcome back to the show. Hi. So um, I, I, I'm just trying to open your mind about something that I believe. I, I, you could, I don't, I'm not going to go against what you believe, but um, I'm just trying okay, so the, w- there's a website that um, – there's several, but like this one has all the Bible verses. Okay, well, well, uh, we'll, get, we'll, get, well, give me one. One what? One verse? Give, give me one verse. Well, before you give it to me, tell me which, which one of your claims it's talking about. Okay, this one says, Earth is a disc circled on a ball, Isaiah 40, 22, Proverbs. Okay, let's see. Is it Proverbs I've or Isaiah? Uh, this, this one, the first one is Isaiah 40, 22. I haven't read okay, this. Well, I've, got, just... I've got my Bible here, and I'm going to see, because uh, you very well could say that. I'm happy you were able to. Uh, what's the name oh. of the website, if I, if I could ask? Okay, that is worldlastchance.com. I'm not sure what the – there's a lot of other words. It's um, called uh, worldslastchance.com? Yeah. And you said the verse was Isaiah 40:22. Actually, I think it would be easier if, if you saw that about the uh, – the earth is fixed and immovable. There's about 12 different okay. verses about that. Well, give, give me the one you want me to read. Okay. Um Chronicles 1630, or 1 Chronicles 1630. Okay. Uh, Tremble before him all the earth. The world is also firmly established. It shall not be moved. Okay, well, let's read a little bit more into this. Uh, Let's go at least four verses above. Uh, uh, Honor him, majesty. First of all, uh, David's song of thanksgiving. So this is David praising the Lord. So, oh, actually, this is David writing a song. So obviously there's going to be imagery in here, but I'm still going to read. Well, I'll start at uh, verse 28. Uh, Give to the Lord, O families of the Gospels. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O worship the Lord. In the beauty of the holy and beauty of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. The world also firmly established, it shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad, and let them say, Among the nation, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar, and all its fullness, let the field rejoice, and all that is in it. Okay. Oh, oh, then the trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Okay. You see here, this is a song. Clearly, we don't see the trees talking, and the ocean doesn't roar in all its fullness. So right. obviously, this is imagery, or this is imagery used. This doesn't. This isn't a 
historical narrative. This doesn't literally mean what you say it does. This doesn't literally mean the world is also firmly established. It shall not be moved. That's why you have to go and you have to read past just one verse, and you have to right. see what the Bible's talking about. This is a song, much like if I, I would was to write. A I would song say like today, there, there's lots of combinations of of the two, like. Not always just talking about a uh, parable. Like I would say, some a lot of times Jesus would talk about parable, but like also have like real meaning to it, other than um, you know, like yeah. Well, I, I don't recall a verse where uh, Jesus said, even, even in parable form, and definitely not as a fact that the earth is immo- doesn't move or anything yeah. about the sun. Jesus doesn't so, talk about Matt, that. Like I said, you. You're just reading one verse to, that fits your opinion of it. When there are well, there's verses, lots of verses. That's the thing. There's there's okay. several yeah, and like very. I, I have a feeling that all of the verses I read are going to be in some either you're misconstruing what they really do say, or along that they're going to be in a song form like this. I doubt okay. any of well, them are the, meant to be historical narrative. Well, I, I'm just saying I challenge you to look at them because they all, you know, they're a lot of them are very specific about like the sun, the moon, the uh, okay, creation. Okay, get, get, okay, you got okay. Give me one more verse. I'll read one more because I, I we really okay, need to move on. There's past several this topic, verses here that more. say, okay, the, the Earth has a face, a geometrical flat surface, and there's like twenty of those. I don't, I've never, like I said, I've never you, I've you read. Pick, all these. You take about thirty seconds. Pick which one you want me to read that you've read before. Tell me what topics about what topic it's about that you've brought up today, and I'll go read it. I'm already convinced, but I haven't read all of these. I'm just okay, I'm, you're already I'm, convinced, I'm still but you learning. haven't read all of them. No, there's. I'm not worried about you. They'll take a long time around that verse because you didn't even know the verse you just had me read was written in a song written by David. That was yeah sure that was one of them but like there's way, for one thing there's way more verses and, and um I believe that it's not just all about like um you know metaphors necessarily all the time um here's I'm I'm just going to pick one randomly here uh this one is Genesis 11:8 Okay, what uh, what does the website say it's talking about? Why I'm going? Why I'm getting there? Um, this one refers to Earth has a face, a ge- geometrical flat surface. Genesis eleven. What was that again? I'm sorry. Eleven eight. Eleven eight. Okay. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Uh, so obviously, I'm having a different translation here. But what can you read? What yours says. Uh, is that King James? Is that right? Right, and I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm not. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in New King James, so it shouldn't be that different. But go ahead and read uh, what yours says. I'm sure that all of that really talks about is the, the saying it has a face, it's the face of the earth. It's not really saying the earth has a face. It's saying over the face of the earth. There's other ones that talk about the foundations of the earth as well. Uh, they talk about okay. a firmament. But, but you see here, this is what I would call a red herring fallacy. When I disprove what yours says, you just move on to, well, there's others that support these. But like I said, you don't have any fact to support it. You have to have I, I, supporting I, details for these claims. Well, sure. That would take a great amount of time. But like just to well, point out. If you're going to make these verse. claims publicly, you should take the time. 
Well, you should. I mean, I, I'd ha- you have some time. I haven't time? even had a chance going go into any of my arguments because I, my arguments, for a large part, aren't based in the Bible because I spend most of my time dealing with atheists and non-believers. None of them care if it says it in the Bible. No one's no okay, one cares we're talking if I about say God said it, I believe it. That settles it. That's actually going to turn people away before it's going to turn people to my No, argument. that's the thing. So it's Matt, what I'm saying is it starts from the Matt, Bible so me. we can Matt, like Matt, convince them. I would challenge you to go and to really do some soul searching and you really find out what you believe and why you believe it. And then after that, get you a notebook. Start writing all these verses down. Don't just read the verses. Read at least an entire paragraph. Maybe more. See what it's talking about in the footnotes, and then you can start to make put these together in argument form that can be convincing to other people. But until I do that a point, lot. nobody, I, nobody's I going to take you seriously. I talk about, a lot about this science, but like it, to talk you sound to a, like Christian, a conspiracy theorist. Well, I mean, it, it's just I'm, a I'm really question. Not trying to really. Prove it. It's really difficult to move on to the next. You know, to move on because. After everything, oh, well, there's more that I haven't read yet, but it's on this website. I mean, there's oh, a lot no, of it's, it's far more than that. I mean, I don't even – on the internet to support their claims. Anybody can. If, if you have like one claim that shows to you that this something is true, even scientifically, mm-hmm. you don't need all of them. But like I'm just giving you like but all of them. But you haven't given any science. Zero. You've refuted so science in almost every statement you've made today. Wait, here's a science that has nothing to do with the Bible. Won't we just like not talk about the Bible and talk about science? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's hear what this is. Okay, What's so it about, first of all? What's one of your the, curvature, the supposed curvature of the earth math does not work for any object. Okay, so clarify. You believe the earth is flat before you start. Correct. Okay, all right. Give me your evidence. Okay, so the curvature model or like math formula is – Every 600 feet, there's eight inches of curvature, or you could say uh, every, for every eight inches of curvature, there is a, a square mile uh, in front of you. Well, you can um, go back like you can like if you took a picture or you saw it with your own eyes, like uh, a, like a mountain range that was, say, you know, like 7000 feet tall and there's a pic a photograph that you took that was 250 miles away you plug in that formula and it there have to be like a gigantic gap in between because the earth would have to curve and if the earth would curve then you would uh yeah as matt's time did just run out uh we do have another guest howard but before i go to him which i am going to go to him in just a second I would just like to uh, apologize to everyone listening um, who did have to listen to that, uh, and I don't mean I'm any disrespect to Matt. I just just think he's uh, a little bit misinformed and needs to do some, some more searching on what he does actually believe. Um, but to that last point uh, he made about the curvature of the Earth uh, in the 1960s and early 70s. Uh, the world's first supersonic passenger airline jet, the Concorde, was released. And if you had the money to fly on the Concorde jet, you could fly on it and go twice the speed of sound. Well, the jet flew so so high that from your seat in the cabin of that jet, you could see the curvature of the Earth. So, like I said, that is another claim that is not backed by any science. I will now go to Howard and hopefully 
he has some better information for us. Um, so as Howard is joining here, um, again, I would like to apologize for that, and thank you for all listening. Howard, welcome to the show. Hi, Mason. Uh, hey, first Howard, of all, I just... Today? I'm good, thank you. Good, thank you. Um, thanks for having me up. And uh, first of all, I just wanted to um, applaud your incredible patience. Uh, I thought that was incredibly graceful and patient of you, the way you handled that. Um, I, <laughs> that's all I want to say. Let's just uh, move on to what, what I want to yeah, talk I about. I don't, I don't want to beat, beat the dead horse there, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, thank you. I mean, there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs from spacecraft that we have sent up over, you know, 30, 40 years taking endless pictures and telescopes. And it's just, again, to even talk about it any further is almost, I feel, um, anyway, um, about your topic, um, Christianity versus atheism, which best explains the universe. I just wanted some, some clarification, on uh, what you mean by explains the universe and what you mean by best? Uh, well, really today I'll uh, be focusing on, I guess, the origin of the universe. I probably should have put that in there, but I was uh, rushing and I just kind of glazed over that. So it's, it is kind of a vague uh, term for anyone listening. So uh, really the title should be, which best explains the origins of the universe? So. Okay. Okay. That, that helps a little bit. And I, I would just say as a, as a first response to that, I think um, when, you, when, you're, when you're saying that Christianity versus atheism, I think for each one, whatever works best for them in what they believe to be true is what, is what works, is what's best. Um, so now, which one is, I guess, the higher truth about the origin, if there is an origin, by the way? Um, I have to add okay, that into uh, it. Uh, before, if there is an start, origin. Before we start, uh, I will ask you, which, which side you, uh, which of this would, do you think you fall on? Are you, are you, a, are you a theist uh, in any religion, or are you an atheist, or are you agnostic? Uh, tell us about that. Um, so my spirituality is founded in the principles of love, um, unconditional love. That's where you could call my religion, my spirituality, the way I look at things. Um, so I really don't take a position in either one, it depends on what we're discussing, what the context is. I keep my mind open to that, but it comes from the principles of the idea of unconditional love. That's where I live in my life and in my teachings. So, oh, okay. um, um, continue, continue. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, that's a really uh, good question. Um, so therefore, and, and just as an addendum to that, it just, it helps me not code one idea or another that maybe was embedded when I was young or, or uh, it just keeps it open to um, all the awareness and information that uh, life has to me. Now, I will tell you, Mason, that um, I do believe, um, I do believe in a divine universe, meaning that a perfect universe, and if that is what someone expresses as God, then that's perf that that's totally acceptable. Um, it's just that that word to me is probably the most sacred um, and subjective word um, that is in existence. Because for every person, there's a different relationship to that between the deeply religious and the atheist, and then everybody has a different interpretation of what God actually.
Howard, you still here? Howard? Howard, uh, I think we may have lost you. Uh, Howard, I'm going to remove you, and maybe uh, you can get back in line if you're still available. Uh, oh, okay. Howard is going to come back on. We lost him there for a second. Uh, hopefully, we can hear Howard again. I like the way this conversation was going. Howard? Oh, well, uh, looks like Howard has left the show. Um that's a real shame. I did like the Howard was a nice guy, and I did like the way the conversation was going there. I felt like it was uh, going to be very beneficial uh, to all the listeners. Like I said, I would uh, to all of the people who are just tuning in. Uh, thank you for joining. Oh, maybe this is okay, Howard. Maybe this will work this time. Like I said, thank you for everyone who jo- who is joining. I do have a podcast on Spotify where I use this show a lot. It's called Ten Minutes with me? Mason on Spotify. Howard, welcome back to the show. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, I, a call fine. came in. I dismissed the call, and then there was a bug. And then, uh, so, uh, anyways, I put my focus on, so I won't be disturbed by a call. Um, but, anyways, just to just to clarify that point, I was just saying that the word "god" is 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 the most subjective and sacred word, and so it can be. A, when we, as soon as we interject the word, we can have a million different meanings of what people see, feel and experience through that idea. But I do believe in a divine universe and a very exact universe. Um, so, um, um, so I think that both can have a way of explaining certain things about the universe, but when it comes to the spiritual essence of life itself, um, I think we have to rise above both paradigms in order to get an even bigger and grander answer. Um, okay. Um, so I, I like that. Uh, I like the way you've laid out your point, you know, and, and you've given some evidence to support it and why you believe it. So I'll ask you this. What do you believe? Um, well, I'll say is the cause or the origin. How do you think the universe came into being? I'll say. So, so that's a great question. And uh, my answer to that is I don't believe it ever came into being. I believe in the nature of an infinite universe. And I know that's a really, really heady concept because our brains and our minds are designed for boundary, beginning and end, origin and, and completion. And so it's, it's, it can be very hard to, un, to embrace that idea, but I, I believe in that, that the ultimate truth about life, and you could say even in some paradigms of understanding about God, and why we bend at the knee and bow in, in utter reverence to that idea is that all is possible. I am that I am. Infinity. Um, endless creation. So that's what I believe life is, a process of endless creation. And we are all sparks of that divine universe expressing, and, and I will even shift to a word in religion, attempting to glorify through the expression of more of who we are as we go through life and learn more about who we are so that we can express more beautifully um, and more creatively. I okay. know that's a lot, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> it's great. I loved it. Uh, finally actually getting to the topic of the uh, debate and show here. So uh, just to recap, uh, you said, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote you actually. So you, you believe that, the universe has always been here and it, it never came into being. Is that right? 
life is what well, yeah the universe universe you know, yes yes existence is okay so are you familiar with albert einstein's theory of relativity very much so um and obviously albert einstein uh would state that space matter and time all came into being at the same time at what we would call the big bang maybe Maybe, but where did, you know, again, that leads to the proverbial, where did the Big Bang originate from, right? There was something behind that. So we end up yes, with this see, endless see, mirror. In my, in of, my, my opinion, so if, if space, matter, and time all, to, all came into being at one time, in my opinion, whatever caused the Big Bang would have to be something spaceless, timeless, and immaterial. And that, for me, is one of my arguments for the existence of God. Um, and that's so like, absolutely like beautiful. Would... Yeah, no, that's absolutely beautiful. I respect that that understanding, and and that way of expressing it. Something that is timeless, formless, and and beyond matter, to me, is the nature of of infinity. Of you would say God. So, um, but but I don't think that process ever began, and I don't believe it's ever ending. I believe it is the continual expression of that. Um, and that the Big Bang, may, if, if there's such a thing, if that ends up being 100% true, and they're not sure, it's a theory at this point. Um, but if that is true, then it was one event within that idea. And that we, and you know, going home or glorifying or um, is expressing and learning more through self-awareness and understanding of the nature of who and what we are as we learn more of our capabilities, our capacity to love, our capacity to understand, our capacity to create. So that's kind of where I, where I live in that space, um, just, just to add to the conversation. But I, I, I respect and, and ex- what you have said about your, um, uh, your interpretation and uh, belief about it. Yeah, um, and just to kind of stay on topic, and like, like I said, you've been a, a great uh, guest so far, and I uh, love having you on. Um, so the next, uh, so if I if I'm uh, so my argument for the existence of the, and I'll lay it out to you like this, uh, is what's known as the cosmological argument. Uh, I um, uh, studied a little bit in the apolog- Christian apologetics field and. Uh, we generally tend to use a version of this or something known as the Kalam cosmological argument, but I'll just use the basic one. It goes like this. First premise, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Second premise, the universe began to exist. Third premise and conclusion, therefore the universe has a cause. Now, I know you've already said that you would disagree with that second premise, correct? No, I, I believe the universe has a cause. I believe there was simply another cause behind that. It's, it's a hall of endless mirrors is what I'm saying. And it, again, it can be very hard for the mind in general that's looking for, you know, we are so conditioned because our whole world is beginning and ends, beginning and ends. But if there's nothing but beginning and ends, then there's nothing but life and existence. One other quick point, and, and I'll, uh, you can finish that point, is that Einstein also said that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It simply is. It exists. It simply transforms. And so um, that, that's 
leads to that idea of, you know, infinity. And infinity is really the hard problem in mathematics and science, right? They don't like to deal with it because it's ambiguous. It's, it's hard to quantify. You can't yeah, quantify uh, infinity. <laughs> have you ever heard of um, Hilbert's Hotel? No. Okay. All right. So I will, uh, uh, before, um, I will read you what uh, is known as the, so, um, I forget his first name, but his last name was Hilbert, and that's why it's called this. But um, but he was uh, a scientist. Uh, I think he's since passed on in the 20th century. Uh, but this, uh, but he created a, an argument in a sense uh, that that lays out the ideas of infinity, uh, like the like that the universe has been here for forever. If I can find it, because I don't want to uh, read it incorrectly. Um, okay, so this is a, a philosophical evidence. So it's a little long, so uh, try to stay with me, and I'll try not to lose you. So his first premise was: it is impossible to cross an actual an actual infinite number of days before today. If the universe is eternal, then there are infinitely many days before today if there are infinitely many days before today we would have never reached today but today has come hence the past cannot be eternal therefore the universe had a beginning okay that's a little confusing i mean we're not saying yeah, that the, yeah, the I, past I, I, is I, eternal i'm saying that this moment is an eternal you know, is an eternal moment. It it never ends. Like you can't get out of the moment, right? No matter what, how hard what, what you try. So, so are you saying the, the universe is eternal or is not eternal? No, what I'm saying is that life itself, the expression of life is eternal, whether you call that the universe, no matter whatever you call it. And, and you would even say maybe God is eternal and that this is all an expression of that idea. But and again, this is where it gets heady, but there is no beginning and no end. There is a process of transformation, expression, and change. And that's, I don't know how else to say it, but that, um, I know my time's running out here, but, um, uh, and I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But I, I appreciate you having me come up. I would love to chat with you again at some point. Yeah, this um, has and, been and really again, great. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And in, I've written two books. If you want to take a peek, you know, you're welcome to do that. And again, I want to applaud you for your grace and your um, your patience on the, on the last caller. I, uh, it was incredible. So, you know, anyways, take care and be blessed. Yes. Uh, thank you, Howard, for coming on. It's his time just ran out. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and plug Howard. Uh, his name is Howard Falco. That's F-A-L-C-O for any of my listeners on Spotify. He is an author, so go check out his work. Uh, we currently do not have any callers lined up. However, if anyone would like to join and discuss this um, topic of Christianity versus atheism, or uh, neither, as uh, as I don't want to speak for our last caller, but I, I would say he was uh, neither a Christian or an atheist, um, but he had his own beliefs. So 
Even if you're not either of those two things, feel free to come up and join, and we can discuss this topic um, together. Uh, we've had two great callers. One came on twice. Uh, you know, if anyone who is listening to that caller, uh, you did hear that. Ex- we'll, we'll say it was a journey uh, with him. Uh, I do see some of my favorite callers. Uh, Bobby, uh, who was uh, in a show of mine two days ago, is here. Uh, I know that we agreed on the abortion debate uh, for the, I think, almost every part of it. But he did mention to me that he wasn't a Christian. So, uh, uh, Bobby, if you do want to come on, uh, we'd be glad to have you, uh, and we can discuss this. If not, uh, we still have no callers waiting. Um, but if anyone, like I said, if anyone would like to step up to the plate and discuss this issue, it is a heavy issue. Um, but like I said, this is a I, I titled it wrong, but this is uh, Christianity versus atheism, which best explains the origin of the universe. Uh, like I said, I am sorry for titling it that way. But uh, like I said, we're sitting here with about 45 uh, guests cur- or 45 listeners currently uh, here on Wisdom. Uh, which for all my Spotify listeners is the app that I use for all of my guests. So if you would like to come on and be one of my guests, please download the Wisdom app on the App Store and Google Play. Uh, but I would just, uh, while we're waiting on guests, uh, I will recap sort of the cosmological argument that I did. I, I had a chance to get to a little bit, but uh, I did kind of move on uh, to Hilbert's Hotel, uh, which I probably shouldn't have, but so this is the cosmological argument for anyone who uh, wasn't here. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. Um, so our last caller would disagree with the second premise that the universe began to exist. Uh, and that's um, any atheist or anyone who's going to object to this, that's usually the the premise that they will object to because this being a deductive argument, meaning that if the first two premises are correct, therefore the conclusion must follow. So, uh, so like I said, our last caller disagreed with the second premise being the universe began to exist. Uh, but, you know, how do you know or how do I know that the universe began to exist? Well, have an acronym. It's SURE. That's S-U-R-E, sure. So the S stands for second, or, or yeah, second law of thermodynamics, which basically means that the usable energy in the universe is running out. For instance, if you take a flashlight, it's full of battery, you turn it on, you put it under your bed. At a point, that flashlight will run out of battery and it will no longer be shining. In the same way that the universe is running out of energy, so that points that points to the inner, the universe must have had a starting point where it would always have energy because it had already been here for infinity amount, eternity. Um, so that's the S in our acronym. Sure, the U is the universe is expanding. Um, in the mid 20th century. Uh, this was actually something that was uh, – they actually found this out by accident. Um, but that means that the universe is expanding from a, from a point, and that uh, actually supports 
Einstein's theory of relativity that everything came into existence at one point and then all is expanding out. So the universe is constantly expanding, uh, which means it start had a starting point. So that is the U in sure. The R, and this is a little bit more difficult one to understand, but this is radiation afterglow. Radiation afterglow uh, uh, can be determined uh, from about five degrees above absolute zero. And this is what's known as remnant heat that was left over after the Big Bang. So that means that that Big Bang was so hot and it all came together at one point that we still can see the heat left over from that event, which we know, we, we know it must have been an absolutely magnificent and huge event, obviously, for the universe to all come into existence at one point. And that is so that is the R in our acronym, sure. The E is known as Einstein's theory of relativity, which I have uh, I already glossed over a little bit with the last caller. But that means that space, matter and time all came together at the same time. So that means that no, there was no space, there was no matter, and there was no time before what we would call the Big Bang took place. And uh, this is where I find issue with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians would tell you that the Big Bang didn't happen. And I, I think that's just uh, false. I think it's a great bit of evidence for the existence of God. Well, you would say, well, Mason, this is all great, but none of this proves a Christian God or your God. And I would say you're correct. It does not. However, it does disprove atheism. So now we could move on to, you know, uh, the Christian God or any other God. I obviously have evidence and more arguments for that. But uh, for the sake of today, we will stay on the uh, just the beginning of the universe and uh, theism as a whole, I guess. Um, like I said, still no callers waiting in the queue. There's 47 listeners currently. If anybody would like to join, I would be glad to have any of you uh, join and discuss this with me. But whether you're a, a Christian, an atheist, or uh, anything other than uh, in between agnostic or even if you made up your own religion, I don't care. Come on and discuss the topic with me. I'd love to hear how you think the universe came into being. Like I said, this uh, – oh, okay. We have a guy named Chan, Chan joining. Uh, so we'll be bringing on Chan uh, here in just a couple of seconds. Like I said, this podcast is available on Spotify at 10 Minutes with Mason. Chan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Mason. So uh, what's up? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm an atheist. You're an atheist. Okay. Uh, so how do you believe – the universe came into existence. God created it. God created it. Okay. Uh, how did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the, the theistic worldview. So, um, I was just coming in to harass you. Oh, okay. Uh, for all, all the listeners out there, uh, I would say uh, 
Chan is a mentor of mine and a teacher. Uh, I can accredit pretty much all of my uh, knowledge in this field to him. As, uh, he is a, uh, what would you say, a certified apolog- in apologetics. What would be the right term there? Oh, just uh, just a teacher. Let's just say teacher. And uh, yeah, plug your podcast while you're here. Uh, I know you yeah, have a pretty popular podcast. Oh, yeah, Chan's the Man Apologetics, and uh, yeah, we talk about uh, apologetics, doctrine, behavior, fun stuff. And so, sometimes you just tell stories, as I, I gather. Sometimes I do tell stories. I haven't told as many as I uh, would like to have, because some of the podcast topics are more popular. Been very, You've been very busy uh, over there on the show. Uh, were you here for the first guest? Uh, no. I his I, name. I just oh, how to go. Oh, oh well, uh, the first guest who came on was a Christian for the listeners who were uh, tuning in live then. Uh, but he had some very interesting ideas. He, I'm not, I would, he's definitely what I would uh, classify as a conspiracy theorist. But uh, yeah, I just I really had to challenge upon his beliefs. He made a lot of claims that the Bible said this and that, but didn't have any evidence to support it. And I actually let him come on twice. Uh, I think, but I think three times would have been too many for uh, some of the some of the listeners for sure. Like I said, uh, he believed the Earth was flat, uh, the universe revolved around the sun, and uh, so on and so forth. Or no, sorry, sorry that the the sun revolved around the Earth and that the universe wasn't real; it was just what we can see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, had a challenge on his beliefs, and hopefully, uh, he goes and reads up on some more of that. Uh, he had some interesting Bible verses. Uh, well, he quoted uh, Daniel in uh, one of his Psalms, and I had to point out to him that that was a song and probably wasn't a historical narrative. And we actually ended up reading together uh, some verses that were around it, and not just the verse itself. And it quickly gave you the idea that what he was saying wasn't meant to be taken literally. Mm. Interesting. I'll have to... After you finish this, I have to go back and listen to that part of it. Yeah, but it was pr- uh, pretty interesting to say the least. Uh, so, okay. is there anyone anything you want to discuss today? No, I just want. I see that you're diving in here and getting involved in this good stuff. Uh, you'll 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 meet some really good people on here. Yeah, I've, uh, I met some a uh, few great people uh, on Wisdom already. Still waiting for an atheist to join me today. Uh, no one has stepped up to the plate. There's there's a guy named Dan, uh, the atheist. I've had a few conversations with him. I don't see him in the room, but he's a really he's a good guy. Um, he's a him and I have had a few conversations uh, before, and I've jumped in on a few of his, and he's jumped in on a couple of mine. So maybe uh, you'll get uh, Dan uh, on there. And there's another guy named Shalom. I think that's what he goes by, and he's a atheist. Uh, I believe he is. And I've had a I've had a conversation, pretty good conversation with him a couple of times. So there's a there's a there's a few on here. So uh, they're fun to talk to. Yeah, and, I, uh, I had a great great conversation the other day uh, on my atheist or my sorry my abortion talk. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With I a listened guy to, named, I've listened to half of it. Yeah, with it, uh, I edit uh, the version I posted uh, on Spotify is an edited version. I cut about it's the first half basically because. After a certain point, the uh, the callers just got uh, more wild uh, with their ideas. 
oh. and uh, their their arguments to you know to justify their beliefs. But I, like I said, I had a great uh, conversation with a guy named Bobby who was listening in on this show. I don't know if he still is, but uh, he wasn't a Christian, and uh, I think it may have been one of the first times he had ever heard a pro-lifer that was also a Christian not use the Bible as their justification. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, he was a really great guest and a friend of him. So hopefully I can have some more good conversations with him. Well, good. This is, I wish that I had this when I was uh, learning apologetics because. This yeah. Yeah. Really practice. trying to challenge myself. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that That's great. Uh, is there a way that I can end my talk so I can give people more time? Uh, I can I can remove you, I believe. Uh, okay. Well, so, Chan, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, sounds I good. Hope to see you again. We'll see you All right. Next week. Thank you. All right. So uh, that was Chan Heron. Uh, his podcast is Chan's The Man Apologetics. On you can find him on Spotify or. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, um, he is a really a uh, very smart guy, especially in the apologetic field. But smart all together, and do all types of calculus and math, and teach it to you, and stuff that goes way over my head. Um, but like I said, give him a listen. And now we are awaiting uh, our next caller. Uh, so if anyone would like to step up to the plate. And join our talk here. We would welcome that for sure. Like I said, the title of this talk or debate is Christianity versus Atheism, which best explains the origins of the universe. I know the title leaves out origins. That is my fault. I am very sorry. Uh, like I said, you can find this podcast on Spotify at 10 Minutes with Mason on Spotify. We had a great conversation uh, on abortion Tuesday, uh, a lot of spent a lot of time on that. Um, we're getting some good numbers here. We get almost 60 listeners tuning in live. Love to see it, uh, but we, I would really love to see someone tune in and call. Uh, if you agree that Christianity is the best explanation, come on. Maybe I can challenge your uh, beliefs in a friendly way, just to see, you know, if we align in our belief in that, or like I have with a few callers, I have disagreed with them. Uh, so if anyone would like to come on, step up to the plate, join us here live. Um, like I said, you can agree or disagree with me or whatever. Uh, just come on and join. I sound like the price is right. Come on down. Uh, but like I said, and I would like to thank you all for tuning in today uh, and uh, taking your time out of your day to listen to me and all the other guests that we've had on today talk. Um like I said, this is recorded using Wisdom, the Wisdom app in the App Store uh, for all of my listeners on Spotify. If you'd like to tune in live or have a chat with me for you get your 10 minutes, download the Wisdom app. I am under the tag of Mason Bats. That's Mason, M-A-S-O-N, Bats, B-A-T-T-S. Um, uh, while we wait, I've already gone over the cosmological argument, but – uh, maybe I'll go over the intelligent design argument, or what's also known as the teleological argument. Um, like I said, uh, if anyone would like to join at any point, just come on and I'll stop what I'm doing, and uh, we'll gladly 
have you on the show. So, the first life requires an intelligent cause. What I mean by that is however you believe uh, humans came to be the way they are today, whether that is through uh, natural selection, uh, you know, or any other forms you believe, you know, we started out the way we were, or if we, even if you believe we originated from, uh, you know, a, a monkey species or something like that, it doesn't matter. Whichever one of those you, that you believe, the first life, meaning the first cell, at the very least, had to be had to be caused by had to be caused by an intelligent designer. How do we know that? Okay, for one, the information contained in the DNA. So all of us have DNA, you know, uh, chromosomes from our mother and our father uh, that make us who we are, uh, the makeup of our body. Well, there is so much information contained in the DNA that it had to be caused by intelligent design or an intelligent designer. Uh, the second would be the fine-tuning of the universe, meaning that if any of the constants that we see today, uh, speed of light, speed of sound, uh, gravity, if any of that was just altered by a little bit, nothing of what you see today would be possible. Um, Dr. William Lane Craig, who is uh, known as one of the foremost um, apologetic figures in today's society, had a debate with uh, Dr. Lewis Wolpert, who I believe is a professor at Oxford. In the debate, Dr. Craig brought this point up, uh, the fine-tuning of the universe, that if any of those constants were changed, what we would see today. Dr. Wolpert responded, by saying, well, we are here today, and I'm not quoting exactly, this is just the gist of what he said, we're here today, therefore it must have worked out. Tough luck. Um, I don't know about all of my listeners currently, but for me, that is not a good enough reason for me to believe your case. So if one of the leading atheists says, well, we're here, tough luck, that's the reason. That's a circular argument, um, and that is not enough for me to believe. So putting this in argument form, it would go something like this. All design implies a designer. There is intelligent design in the universe. Therefore, there must be an intelligent designer of the universe. So, like I said, the, the premise one would be all design implies a designer. Premise two, there is intelligent design in the universe. And then the conclusion, therefore, there must be an intelligent designer of the universe. This is a deductive argument, meaning if the first two premises are true, all design implies the designer being the first premise. There is intelligent design in the universe being the second. Therefore, the third premise is true. So the only way you can defeat this argument is by defeating one of the first two premises. Um, 
I think everyone would, everyone would agree, for most people would agree, all design implies a designer. Okay, we can check that one off. And then the premise that most, most atheists and most people uh, that would probably try to attack this would use would be the second one. There is intelligent design in the universe. They would say, oh, no, this is just random chance. Well, then you would go back to the, the fine-tuning of the universe or the information that is contained in the DNA. Like I said, if there's any atheists that are uh, here listening, they would like to challenge me on that or any Christians who do not believe uh, what I'm saying is true or whatever you believe. If you don't believe what I'm saying is true, feel free to join or we can, you can just join and have a conversation uh, not talking about this. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not a professional debater in any way. I'm just actually here trying to get beat and get my uh, hours in. Uh, but that's yet to be the case. Uh, if any, you know, we've had some discussions about the Bible today, and uh, those were great conversations. If anyone else would want to have those discussions, uh, I would be open to it. Uh, oh, looks like we do have a guest. His name is Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you good. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I felt like I'd uh, answer your call and jump on. Uh, I'm actually the host of a podcast called The Politics and Punk Rock Podcast, where we talk about a lot of the sim uh, similar subject matter that you're talking about today. And um, are, you, uh, are you willing to have someone on that tends to agree with you? <laughs> oh, ab absolutely. I had someone who agreed earlier. Come on. Uh, give us give us your thoughts. Yeah, so I, I like your idea of the intelligent design. Um, I think it's irrefutable regardless of what your definition of a god is. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter um, what god you believe in. You believe in an intelligent designer by default if you believe in any religion or god figure, right? Um, atheism, I think, I think atheism someone that claims to be an atheist and this is just my personal experience in my life. I don't have any facts or evidence to back this up, but just my personal opinion is someone that says that they're an atheist, either a refuses to look deeper or inwardly uh, and B it's a lazy cop out way to not face information that may contradict your beliefs. So I, I think atheism is just step one for somebody that did, weren't, wasn't raised in a church or wasn't raised, you know, in raised to believe and organized religion. You know what I mean? So and I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that once you do dive into the history and the science and the actions of government um, and the aristocratic class throughout history, uh, it becomes painfully obvious that, you know, there it, there's is too much complexity in life for it to be a chance occurrence in my humble opinion. And so that, that would just be my thoughts on um, someone that identifies as an atheist, you know what I mean? And, and I would love to hear somebody um, that has good arguments about why they choose to be atheists. I would love to listen to those probably just as much as you and anybody else uh, listening to this talk today. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I would, uh, I would I agree with you, uh, and if, when what you said, you know, it, in my experience, if you look at all the facts independently, as I did, you will realize that Christianity is the best explanation of the world around us. 
uh, yeah, I've yet, we've yet to have an atheist come on. Uh, we had a, uh, uh, rather weird caller earlier. Don't know exactly what he believed, but he believed something. Uh, um, well, and we had a, what I was, uh, yeah, what I was you, about the agnostic the, on. Are you talking today. about the, yeah, what was that, that, I think cut, most people, hold on, uh, you cut out Andrew. Can you say it again? Um, I would, I think maybe I would probably identify as agnostic, um, in that I find it difficult to prove the reality of one religion to be the true religion over other religions. Um, I don't think there's any way any of us can really know for sure if our religion is the right one true path. Um, and I think there's something to be said for, and this is, let me make two points. So my first point is the flat earth guy. Um, I have friends that are flat earthers. I don't really, I find it difficult to believe. Uh, but, but there is an argument that says that if it is, if we were living on a flat earth and there was a firmament and we were, you know, enclosed by ice in all directions or whatever, that also implies intelligent design. Yes. Because how is that going to just be a chance occurrence? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to, to me, the, the flat earth claim wasn't even the hardest one to believe. It was, uh, you know, that the, that the earth doesn't even turn or, you know, that the sun revolves around us or, you know, that that was harder to believe uh, than the flat earth, uh, to be honest with you. But, uh, right. but yeah, so really the only thing I would, uh, you know, and we don't, this isn't really the uh, topic of this uh, talk, you know, but as far as me proving Christianity to you, you know, obviously right. I could do that on, uh, another time unless you just wanted me to give you, you know, my my thoughts on that, but, um, yeah, whatever design that you, or whatever you believe about the world around us today, there is design in what, however you believe it happened or however you think it looks, or, you know, if the earth's flat, that doesn't matter in any way. Right. It had to be made by an intelligent designer. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, so let me, do you want to do a little, uh, let's uh, let's challenge each other a little bit here so you so yeah. you made the you made the claim that you have evidence that backs up the fact that you believe christianity is the correct history historical um uh um story i guess that that is the true story about our creation is that what you're saying like o over like uh, hinduism yeah. and buddhism and yes. Sikhism and taoism and all the Eastern philosophy religions that have been around for thousands and thousands of years before Rome, before the Roman empire and before, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, yeah, I do. Um, actually. interesting. Um, so anytime, do tell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you, 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 we, you may have to get back in, uh, actually if I do run out of time, but I will start, um, now. Oh yeah. Even so, if I'm not on, even if I'm not on with you, I'd love to listen to you uh, okay. lay that out. That'd be very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't, I don't, I don't like to talk when about, you know, when other people aren't on, but if, they, if you're okay with that, that yeah, I'm okay fine. with that. Yeah. Put so, that, yeah, uh, put that on the table for when I jump off or else yeah, I can just jump okay. off now and you can get into it if you want. No, no, no. I'd, I'd like you to be on here at least until your time runs out. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So anytime I, I come on, uh, come to a person, person like you who, you know, um, who ask, you know, how can you say that yours is the most reliable or something like that? Anytime I instantly go to the resurrection of Jesus, that for me, because if that's true, everything else 
has to be true because if anybody can raise themselves from the dead and predict it, then I'm going to believe whatever they say. So I don't have enough time usually to prove the entire Bible to someone that's really not worth my time. Well, yeah, that's very difficult to do. I just go with what is the center case of Christianity because if this is true, Christianity is true. If it's not true, Christianity is not true. Mm -hmm. So that is why the resurrection of Jesus is so important. Uh, Interesting. So when – so I've studied the resurrection uh, in pretty good depth, uh, read some books on it, some uh, Muslim uh, scholarly books. Uh, and, I, and I've and i used what uh, Dr. Gary Habermas, who's a, one of the foremost scholars, uh, calls the minimal facts approach, which means to be or, – in order to be considered a minimal fact, that there are two criteria. It must be strongly evidenced, and it also must be – accepted by almost all scholars who study the subject, including these skeptics and non-Christians. So okay. they, uh, so almost all of them have to agree for it to be considered a minimal fact. Okay. So, so can I say something real quick on that? Yeah, real yeah, go, go ahead. So would you, would you say that all of the scholars and people that, that discuss this, are they aware of the history that the Christian religion was actually has a lot of crossover from, previous religions like the Egyptian belief systems and even before that back to the Sumerians there's a lot of crossover yeah, yes, that has there, to do with is, the celestial signs for, like for uh, sure. virgin birth December 25th the three days uh, before the resurrection uh, correspond to the three stars in the belt of Orion and this was borrowed from previous belief systems there yeah, are people yeah, that believe and, that um, and like I said we, we can get into that but uh, that's why I just do the resurrection because that way we're not getting all so yes, these are, are are the foremost scholars in the world on the resurrection. So the the first fact. Is, oh, just on the resurrection. Oh, I yeah, see. yeah. Okay. They, this is just studying the resurrection at this point. Gotcha. The first fact is Jesus died by crucifixion. There are four mm. biblical sources that attest to this, and five non-biblical sources. The four biblical would be the Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There are five non-biblical. Those five non-biblical sources would be. Josephus, who was a historian in the first century, he was Jewish. Um, he recorded mm-hmm. in the Talmud that Jesus died by crucifixion. The second of those sources would be Tacitus, who is a second second century Roman historian. So he obviously wouldn't have been supporting Jesus. Uh, he obviously was not a Christian, so he was not in bed with them at all. And he recorded that Jesus died by crucifixion. Third is Lucian of Samosota. Recorded that Jesus died by crucifixion. Marbar Serapian uh, recorded that uh, Jesus died by crucifixion, and the Talmud recruited. I'm uh, sorry, recorded that Jesus died by crucifixion. There is only one text or one ancient uh, scholar who denies Jesus was crucified, and that is the Quran, which was obviously written at, at somewhere around 500 to 600. Um, that the Quran is the only source that denies the crucifixion of Jesus. Okay, so that is our first fact. Okay, fact number two the disciples believed he rose from the dead. Okay, now I know what you're saying. Well, of course they did, you know, 
they're they're in bed with Jesus in some way. So I'll, I'll lay it to you like this in an acronym. It's PAL. And we do have one guest waiting. Uh, I promise I will get to you very soon. Uh, so don't leave. I am going to be coming uh, for you. You're uh, uh, Grunts or John. John, I am going to be coming to you soon. Okay, so the second fact is the disciples believed he rose from the dead. And uh, to prove this, I'll use an acronym which known as PAL, which is Paul, the uh, person in the Bible, oral tradition, and written tradition. Uh, a critic of Christianity, Norman Peter, wrote, The more we study their tradition with regards to the appearances, the firmer the rock begins to appear on which they are based, which basically means the more we study the appearances of Jesus that are recorded in the Bible, the more they appear to be true. And you say, well, of course the disciples believed and they were in bed with them. Okay. Almost many of the disciples died or were martyrs for this. And let me tell you, liars make poor martyrs. They're not going to their grave with this because they have – there is no there don't there's nothing in it for them if they take it to their grave. There is nothing for them if they take it to their grave. You know they don't get anything out of that. So uh, like a Stephen who's lining is lined up to get stoned, he's not going to get stoned if this is not true and he knows it is. He's not going to just come out. Oh, okay, well hold on, hold on. I, we just made it up. We just made it up, and that and he would have admitted it. Um, but they, none of them did that. Not one. The third fact would be the conversion of Paul. So it's well documented by both Paul, Luke, Clement, Polycarp, uh, Tertullian, Dionysus of I don't know. However, you uh, I think it may be Corinth. I don't. I don't of Corinth. Yeah. And then another name I can't pronounce. I'm sorry. Uh, Obstician, I don't know. But anyways, it's well recorded that Paul was a Roman who hunted down Christians at that time, uh, specifically the apostles. But Paul, however, was converted to Christianity. So Paul, obviously, Paul records in his writings that the reason he was uh, converted was because he was met on the road to Damascus by an angel or Jesus himself. I, uh, a little bit uh, which one of those it is exactly. Uh, but however, the fact remains that Paul was converted to Christianity after being probably the biggest killer of Christians. So that's the third fact of our five, five facts. I'm going to get to fact four and five, and then our guest, I'm bringing you on. So fact four, the conversion of James. James was Jesus' brother, and he did not believe that he was the Messiah. He, Jesus' own brother, didn't believe that he was the Messiah. However, like I said, he was an unbeliever when he was crucified. crucified. However, when Jesus was resurrected, James instantly was a believer. He became a leader in his church and was martyred for his beliefs. He died believing. Like I said, before the crucifixion, he didn't believe. After he was dead, didn't believe. It took Jesus resurrecting for him to believe after seeing all the miracles that are recorded in the Bible. Okay, 
The fifth fact, the empty tomb, what's known as the Jerusalem factor. It would have been impossible for Christianity to get off the ground in Jerusalem if the tomb was not empty. Let me say it again. If, so, if they're saying that this man resurrected and came back to life, all they would have to go do is crack open the tomb and say, nope, here's his body, everyone go home. But they couldn't do that because it was empty. Now everyone's going to say, okay, yes, because the apostles stole the body. Okay. The Romans recorded uh, this. They said the soldiers guarding the tomb indirectly admitted that it was empty, meaning they had to lie about how they, – they are the ones who came up with, oh, they stole the body because it was empty. They couldn't prove it, but they just said they did. Okay? So that is the second part of proving fact five. The last part is the testimony of women. All four Gospels, all four, record that women were the first to witness the empty tomb. Okay? For anyone who doesn't know, at this time in society, in Roman society and Jewish culture, women were not treated good at all. In fact, if you had a woman testify in court, her testimony wasn't even as worth as much as a robber and thief as long as he was a male. So why would – if you listen to this. If you're trying to start a religion okay, and you're trying to make your story sound good, at your time, why would you use women as the first witnesses to the empty tomb? This is an embarrassing detail. You don't make up stuff. To embarrass yourself, okay? In the same way, you make up stuff to make you sound good. No, no, no. But that's not how the gospel records it. They record it as women being the first uh, to see it, which is why a lot of people didn't believe. So if they were trying to make the most believable story, you know, by coming up with something, they wouldn't have used women as the first people to view the tomb. Now, obviously, there is a lot more evidence behind all four, all five of these facts, uh, but. That's not the uh, title of today's show. Uh, I can revisit that another time if anyone is interested. Uh, thank you for the last caller. I will now go to John, who uh, – and John, I am so sorry that you've had to wait this long. I did, did want to get uh, through that because the last caller was interested. Uh, so, John, welcome to the show, and this is Christianity versus Atheism, which best explains the origin of the universe. All right. Um, I was listening to your last call. It's nice, nice to talk to you, Mason. Uh, I've listened to you a couple times. I've only been on Wisdom for about five days, but I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm um, new myself. Something. Oh, cool. Well, I used to be into apologetics hardcore, and I found that a lot of times if you can argue somebody into Christianity, somebody else can come along and argue them out of it. It's uh, it's more of a heart change than anything. That's just my perspective on it. But on the apologetic side, which I used to love doing, uh, your last caller that called in, um, when he said that the Jews took a lot of things from ancient Egyptian culture and used them for the Bible and, and incorporated them into the text and those, and that kind of thing. Have you ever have you ever delved into? And this is this is a it's a different topic, so I don't want to get off point here. But have you ever read the Book of Enoch? 
Um, no, I you 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 are talking about um the what's considered not uh, part of canon, right? Of well, it's Bible. actually canon. It's, it's canonized in Ethiopia, but that's the only country it is canonized. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Canonized, It was in our canon prior to the 1611 King James version. Yeah, it, they is took it, it out. Is it, uh, is it in the Catholic Bible? Uh, no, the Book of Enoch is no longer. It's not in the Catholic Bible. They do have the Book the of Maccabees and and a few yeah, other no, books that are. They have a few extra. Uh, no, I, ha I haven't. I've read a few verses and well, a few paragraphs because I don't believe in just reading verses. But uh, no, to, as a whole, I have not read it. Uh, but I probably okay. Well, I just I'll explain this. Why I would highly recommend reading it. It opened up the entire Old Testament to me, and explained a lot of different things. And there's one other book that I would highly recommend reading that I can't remember the name of, but it's uh, it basically fills in all the different spots in the book of Genesis with the life lifelines of the people that you don't get the background story. Um, are, are, you talking, actually, are you talking about one of the? Uh, uh, the books that was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls? Uh, I don't know if it was or not, but it's um, – I'll, I'll look it up here when I get off, and I'll, I'll shoot you a message with the name of it. But the interesting thing about the book of Enoch and how it opened my eyes to everything, if you look at biblical names and their meanings, and this is this – is, I'm on your side on this, on the Christianity side, so I'm just throwing things out there that I haven't heard you say yet. Um, yeah. Genesis 6 with the flood. That, that whole – that entire passage, the entire chapter, is basically the Rosetta Stone for the entire Old Testament. When you, when you think of the flood, and you think of why God flooded the earth, it tells you that all flesh was corrupted, Noah's, Noah's, gener Noah's generations were found to be righteous. It's not saying that he was a righteous man and that he did not sin. It was saying that his flesh had not been corrupted. And you have to figure out where the corruption came from. And there's a verse, I think it's in chapter 4, it might be in, I think it's in 4, where the, the fallen angels come down, they, they sleep with, with women, and they create the race of Nephilim, the giants. Mm -hmm. And giants are all through the Old Testament. Well, when they started teaching man all about the things that they knew, their sciences, their, their chemistry, they, man was able to manipulate alongside the, the fallen angels and create things that were never supposed to exist to begin with. And when God saw that happening, he saw the violence that was being created, he knew that he had to destroy the entire, the entire race and, and the entire animal species, except for the ones that were pure, or the world would not have tarried on long enough for him to fulfill his plan of salvation. Um, this is where you get into tons of different stories. I think there's 200 worldwide flood stories through different religions. Yes. It's very well documented. Yeah. I don't know why people say it didn't happen. It's very easy to, to, to tell just off of religious texts and historical texts that the flood was an actual event that happened that was worldwide. Yes. Now, after the flood, I'm talking fast because I know we've only got ten minutes or five, five minutes, 40 yeah, seconds yeah. left. Go as fast as you want. Go as fast as you want. Um, after the flood, we see the resurgence of the giants again, and we see Israel coming out of, coming out of uh, Egypt, and when they go into Israel, they're fighting giants for a second time. Where did those come from? Well, it actually says that the only people on earth that were that were safe from their I'll say DNA, their genetic code not being not being uh destroyed by the fallen angels, sciences and, and technology was Noah and his sons. His sons' wives are the ones that carried the genes that, that wound up bringing the giant race back. So I've heard atheists, and this is one thing that I've heard I don't uh, atheists will use this argument quite often. 
I will never follow your homicidal God that that's about genocide. And yeah. they've obviously yeah. read things where God told um, uh, Saul to go and kill all the women, the children, the animals, everything. Yeah, this was the, God the verse about you know splashing the babies up against rocks. I had someone use try to use that. And what most Christians don't understand is not all, but a lot of trained atheists have read the Bible many times through, and they understand it almost better than they do, and they will twist passages that most atheists know your average Christian has never read before and try to turn it back on him. And, and that is a real shame that, you know, that people go through, but continue. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. And, and that's exactly what they do. They, they twist the scriptures to try to get people on their side. And when it comes to it, God had Israel come in and kill those giants and destroy the, the giant race so that he could eradicate that seed from off the earth. Cause if you remember the first prophecy in the Bible, in the book of Genesis is after the fall of man, God tells the serpent, your seed is going to strike the, her seed's heel, and her seed's is going to stop your head. Mm -hmm. And so it was a seed war from the very beginning. It was a, And if you're on the defense, obviously, since you already know the game plan, what's the first thing you're going to do? Destroy the seed of man. And that's exactly what he did. He, tried to, he, he almost completed it, too. He, there was only one family left, and it was Noah, and that's why God had to eradicate everybody. Um, but the, the gentleman caller that came on before was talking about the Egyptian crossover of, of gods and things. That transpired after the flood. And if we look at the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, the king, they, they had to, God had to separate man because they were capable of doing anything at that point and put us in different corners of the earth with different languages. If you start researching and looking through these different languages, there's one man that stands out amongst them all, and that's Nimrod. Nimrod was the king, was basically the emperor of the world back then. And in Egypt, his name was Osiris. He was Gilgamesh from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm -hmm. In Greek mythology, he's Apollo. It's all the same man with different names. But the explanation for it all is right there in the Bible. There's no other... There's no other um, religion that I can think of that actually explains where they all came from. And if you go over to Europe and you're in Greece or you're in ancient Rome, Italy area, they don't teach these things as mythology. It's taught as their history. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to, to me. And one of the things that you were talking about with the resurrection, Matthew 27, 52 and 53 is a very weird verse. It's yeah, a very yes, it strange. Is. It's a very strange verse, but there's no historical record that refutes it. When Jesus rose from the dead, they, they claim that up to 12,000 saints were raised from the grave with him on that day and walked amongst the people in Jerusalem, and people talked to them and, and, and communed with them. That's a very strange verse, and it's not one yes. that's, easily to, that's easy to talk about. But you would think that in Judaism, if they're so dead set against Jesus being the Messiah that was, that was called to come for them, that there would have been books written refuting all of these things that had happened. They were very intelligent people. They were, they were very meticulous in their record keeping. So if this didn't happen, why was it not refuted? Yes, I, I, I agree. You know, sometimes uh, silence can speak volumes, uh, especially when in claims like like that, you know, Jesus wasn't uh, 
they they never thought he would be the type of person that he was would be the person that was supposed to save them. They thought it was supposed to be a liberation from Rome. You know, they thought he was supposed to be a a mighty warrior. You know, little did they know he was intending to, you know, save the world of much uh, more than just the grips of Rome on them at the time. Uh, got about 30 seconds here. Uh, you you have the floor. All right, my parting comment is I'll, I'll, I'll just say that if you're an atheist, you need to understand what the word means. A means no. Theist means God. You can't prove that. You can't tell me there's no God because you can't make that proof. If you want to be agnostic, at least you're trying to get some knowledge. That means A, no, theist, or uh, gnostic knowledge. So continue on your path. Figure out the right thing. And that's really all I've got to end with. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, th- uh, thanks for coming on, John. Uh, so really loved having John on as uh, we have another guest waiting. Uh, like I said, this podcast is available on Spotify at 10 Minutes with Mason on Spotify. Um, have We have another guest. Um, let's see. His name is Aaron. Uh, so we will be bringing Aaron on here, and thank you for everyone who's uh, tuning in live today. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Mason? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, so can you go ahead and repeat your stance or what the argument is? Uh, uh, the topic of the debate, Christianity versus atheism. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Uh, by the way, just for clarification, the, uh, it should be Christianity versus atheism, which best explains the origins of the universe. But uh, I was lazy or it went too fast and didn't write that. But um, I believe that Christianity is the best explanation for the origin of the universe. That's uh, all we're covering today. But uh, yeah, that so that's my stance. Uh, you mind sharing yours? Uh, yeah, um, I, I'm in agreement with you. Okay, uh, what, uh, what uh, you know? How did you uh, come into believing that? Uh, well, if I'm being honest, you know, it's probably my parents, but uh, I've done my own, you know, research, and I've had the resources handed to me to be able to strengthen those beliefs. Um, and you know, it's true, right? Even if it's not Christianity necessarily, there has to be a higher power. Like it's, I think you have to be like purposefully ignorant to believe that there is no higher power, you know, and, and all evidence points to the, uh, the God of Christianity. But I think just in general, if we're like talking about the origin of the universe, in a, like in general, a lot of people answer and you know, it's not wrong. It's like, we don't know, right? Like we don't, we can't yeah. know for sure, but we can do our best in that trying. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do agree with you. Um, there um is there anything in specific you would like to discuss with me today or any questions you have for me or uh i can guide the conversation however you want to do it today kind of free form today yeah um well unfortunately i have to leave because i'm busy but i want to say um you know if you are doubt if you have any doubts or if you're you know just for like if you're exploring this faith for the first time uh, there's a lot of resources uh, available for everyone, you know. Uh, so I think just make sure like find those right group of people and uh, don't let it intimidate you. Yes, uh, for sure.
so thank you for coming on, Aaron. Uh, would you like? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Since you have to go. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Aaron, for coming on the show today. Uh, yeah, just to kind of touch on something he said real quick. If there is any anybody on the fence um, in believing atheism or Christianity or uh, anything like that, I would uh, I would ask you all to go and watch a debate, any of his debates, because uh, they're all good. His name is Dr. William Lane Craig. He's the best Christian apologist in the world today, um, uh, which, who is considered the godfather of atheism in, uh, in the modern days, known as Richard Dawkins, refuses to debate him uh, because he gives uh, some reasons that are just aren't valid at all. But he refuses to debate him because he is such a good debater. And if anyone is a uh, who was here for my discussion on the resurrection would like to read more into that. There is a great book by Dr. Gary Habermas, which is known as the case for the resurrection. Uh, not to be uh, confused with the case for Christ written by Lee Strobel, as it is also a good book, but, uh, but actually talking about the historical resurrection just by itself. Uh, yes, it is the case for the resurrection by Gary Habermas and Mike Lacona. Uh, and Mike has done some debates himself on the resurrection against um, several Muslims and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so right now we don't have any callers, but if anyone would like to join and call in, oh, we do have another call. It's uh, John is going to come back on. Um, so we'll be having John back on. And like I said, thank you for everyone tuning in. We got 80 callers. Let's see if we can get to 100. Uh, if not, that's okay. Uh, John, welcome back to the show. Yeah, yeah, we're doing again. Um, I, I wasn't even paying attention. Best explains the universe part, and that's that's another very interesting thing. I really enjoy hearing people try to explain the Big Bang theory. I almost I almost laugh at them when they try to explain it to me, because they're always scientifically minded, and a scientifically minded individual that wants to try to argue the Big Bang, they have to do away with science completely. There's laws that we understand, and the Big Bang Theory dictates that everything came to a very small point, spun in a circle, blew up, and that's how the universe came into being. One, what was surrounding that ball? We can't put everything into a ball anyways. That's impossible. Two, the law of angular momentum says that if something is spinning and comes apart, every piece that comes off it spins in the exact same direction. We can look at universes spinning in our telescopes, in opposite directions that our universe is spinning in. Not to mention, an explosion doesn't retract. It constantly goes out. So basically what you're saying is space is not infinite, which is not provable, but they're saying that these galaxies whatever, have bounced off the walls of, of space and come back. So what's out, outside of that wall? These are the questions that I love asking people when they tell me these things. And they just look at you with a dumbfounded look. And yeah, it's amazing um, to me. Oh, go ahead. So uh, I may, uh, we may actually have found a, a point where we disagree a little bit, but I'll, but I'll probe you here. Um, so how, how do you believe that the universe came into existence? My, specific, my personal belief is there's three heavens, which is biblical. It's taught. I mean, the first heaven is our atmosphere. The second heaven is space. The third heaven is where God resides. 
So if you think of it in that way, we honestly live in a very giant terrarium that's so big that we can't see the end of it. But outside that wall of space that we can't get past, that we can't even see to, that's where God resides, in the third heaven. That's just my personal belief. I mean, I could probably look it up to find out where the three heavens are in the Bible, yeah. but it does talk about the three heavens. Yeah. Um, so, I'll just so how how does that uh, explain how the universe came into being, or do you believe the universe has always been here? Well, if you think of it this way, what I just said, if we live in a giant terrarium, which I mean, granted, people think of terrariums as something they can put in their house or whatever, but um, think of it like a fish tank. God creates everything. He created it. He spoke it into existence. He's outside of that. He's like the, the, the tender. He's the tender of the fish tank. He's the one who takes care of it. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you, but um, I'm just going to go out and say I I believe in the Big Bang. Uh, I think it happened. Do you really? Uh, yeah. Uh, you did say you were familiar with uh, apologetics. Have you ever heard of the cosmological argument? Uh, is that where everything can can be put together in the same with uh, the Big Bang Theory and God spoke it into existence and bang, it happened? No, a uh, little different. Uh, I'll, I will, I'll read it out to you. It's, uh, it's short. Good. Okay, so it goes like this. It's a deductive argument, and there's three premises. The first premise, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Second premise, the universe began to exist. Third premise and conclusion, therefore, the universe has a cause. So basically I explain that. My personal belief is that the universe came to existence that would be space, time, ma space, time and matter, which was uh, – came into existence at one point. If you want to call it the Big Bang, can, whatever, it's just the name. That is supported by Einstein's theory of relativity. I wholeheartedly believe that. Uh, there's some – it's more evidence uh, I can go into, but I feel like you probably want to refute that claim first, so go at it. How do you how do you um you believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God, correct? Uh in, inspired word of God, yes. Okay, but do you, you believe that there, there there could possibly be uh misrepresentations in the Bible for what it's what it was supposed to say? Like uh, there's errors. No. no. Okay, so so there's no errors in the Bible. Possibly so, there are some errors in translation, but uh no as far as original no errors. Well, if, if you're going to tell me that the Bible, and you believe the Bible is 100% correct, then the belief of a cosmological argument doesn't exist. Because God says in Genesis 1, he spoke everything into existence. Yeah, but that, that doesn't uh, disprove the argument. Well, him speaking it into existence versus their big bang, I feel like it's two different things. In, in what way? Well, well, you don't you, you don't have to believe. I mean, you can believe. Uh, like I said, the Big Bang is just what the what it's known as. You can believe in calling it whatever you want. You can call it the the great you know speaking of God and of everything to existence if you want to. It just means that space, matter, and time came into existence all at the same time. Uh, well, the time aspect I don't believe did. I don't think time really existed then. I think time existed when God created the sun and the moon and the stars. Well, that, and, yes, that, and would, I, that, would, that would be when the Big Bang happened. Is that in the first day or second day? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you have to read Genesis uh understand that 
the way the creation story is laid out uh, can be refuted uh, a little bit depending on uh, the way Moses wanted uh, or God wanted the Jews to uh, believe he created it in a certain order. That way it would uh, knock the Egyptian gods at a lower point than him so they could understand. But however you want to read it, that, that, that doesn't affect uh, how, how it goes as far as uh, the, the what you want to call the Big Bang. That, that doesn't affect it at all. Well, what I'm saying about time is that God tells us when time was created. He says that there was day, there was night, and that was the first day. That's the first time that time is recognized in the Bible. It, yeah, but it, it, yeah, I know, but that it that still doesn't refute my claim, though. Is what I'm saying. It doesn't make it invalid. I'm not saying your claim is invalid. What I'm saying, I'm just giving you things to ponder on, is that when God said, "Let there be light," and then light came about, it doesn't say okay. there was a mass. Okay, we'll, we'll 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 say that's the Big Bang. Okay, we'll say instead of calling okay. it the Big Bang, we'll call it the "Let There Be Light." And at that point, I, space. I like that terminology better. Came, at, at that point, space, matter, and time came into existence. Okay. So it doesn't matter what you, what you call it. It just means that all three of those things came into being. And yes, I I believe wholeheartedly that God is the one who did that because in order to cause space, matter, and time, the causer had to have been spaceless, timeless, and immaterial which I would attribute to God. I would say that's that's accurate because God's not confounded by any of them. Yes. So they, but you they also, the, yeah. Yeah, what were Just you interesting, I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I like to try, like, when I talk to children about this, uh, I break it down as simplistically as possible, and it's a really cool thing that you can do in a church. You can take a fish tank, like a big fish tank, just something that you can put stuff in, and you can take a light bulb, and you can just have water in there. You know, because it says God's face was over the, the waters of the deep and the earth was formless and void. So you turn the light on, you're like, bam, then there's light. Okay? You got the great the great speaking of light into existence, as we just discussed. Then he, he forms land, and he, he separates the seas from the seas by making land. The land is made, then he starts making plants, animals, and, and man, and everything. But what I'm saying about time, I don't think... I, God's not confounded by time. He actually can see everything in reverse from the end of time to, to the beginning. It's irrelevant. It's like a Rolodex form. But it's a really cool thing when you think about the actual creation aspect of it and how it came about because God spoke it into existence. That's why I you, – you say the Big Bang. You believe in the Big Bang. I don't think you believe in the Big Bang because that's an actual theory. Yeah, you have, I, you have I, a, I believe – in Einstein's theory of relativity. Okay. I'm not very adept at that, so I can't really speak on that too well, much. That, well, but. that's what's known as the Big Bang, is Einstein's theory of okay. relativity. Okay. I've only got about 30 seconds, so. Um, like I said, at the end of the last one, and what the gentleman before me said, there's so much stuff out there that you can read, that you can research, uh, you can get on, on the the web page, well, web pages, and find all kinds of information. Just make sure you're getting it from a source that you trust, because there's a lot of sources out there that will try to misdirect and mislead you. And Mason, this will be my last time coming on. I got, but I got to get back to work. But have a great day, brother. 
once again, I would like to thank all of our listeners today, and I would especially like to thank all of our guests who joined us. Uh, this was another episode of 10 Minutes with Mason. Uh, please find us on Spotify, and if you'd like to join and call in, please download the Wisdom app and get in live. We would love to have you. Thank you, everyone.